Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley's style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Welcome back to another episode of the Packaday Podcast. You can get all your Packaday updates by following us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. And remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm joined by one co-host this week. Andrew Mertzig is with me. We're without Maggie this week, who's on vacation. We'll try to manage without her, but uh, we're back for another Friday edition of the podcast. How you doing, Andrew? Yeah, it's weird. We've been kind of like flipping hosts and like arrangements the, <laughs> the last several weeks. But yeah, yeah I'm I'm doing really well. Uh, this is a big week for me personally. Uh, more on that to come at some point, maybe on my Twitter timeline. But uh, yeah, it's it's exciting. I, I I think, you know, this is the time of the year where people are sort of like downshifting on the NFL. But I really like the content that we're going through in the opponent series. And I also you know, really take this time to get amped up for the season. So I don't know if it's like I have a longer commute right now. So I am uh, enjoying a lot of podcast content on the league. And it's just getting me really excited for the upcoming NFL year and maybe a little more uncertainty than we're used to as Packers fans. Absolutely. I actually have a shorter commute than I've ever had. And I kind of miss that podcast time. So I'm a little jealous of a that, although I probably wouldn't trade you for that commute. Uh, I've heard it's kind of <laughs> kind of rough. But can I spoil your news? Can I can I mention what's going uh, on? Well, I think Maggie spoiled it. I last think she week. did. Yeah, yeah. So if you you're going to hear this podcast on Fridays like normal, but Andrew's got some big things happening this week. He's actually getting married. Uh, no big deal. So we're recording a couple days early, so we don't have any fresh news off the press for you. But we'll we're sure the rest of the Packet Eight team will cover us with that but congrats in advance andrew and uh i know you'll be spending some time back in the promised land of uh wisconsin uh as you do that yeah i will be there by uh the time that this podcast drops and of course pack a day priority one other life stuff priority two (laughs) exactly well i don't know like i don't don't know do you have uh your fiance's tattoo anywhere like i I mean we know that you have a, a pack a day tattoo so 
I do. Yeah. Okay. And, all right. And so that's, uh, you at know, least, at least equal. Te- technically, I do have the Vince Lombardi quote <laughs> tattooed on me that says God, family, and the Green Bay Packers in that order. So, you Good know, family, you. family, kind of big, but. Yeah. Uh, Glad we got that all sorted out and we know where your priorities lie right now. But uh, but for today's episode, we're really excited. We're back for the fourth year in a row with a series where we are focusing on not what the Packers did this offseason, but what their opponents did. We already put the three NFC North teams under the microscope to talk about their free agent additions, subtractions, their draft picks, and other offseason moves. Uh, we had those conversations over the last couple of weeks, or at least Maggie and Andrew did if I was missing for those. So go check those out. They're really great episodes, especially if you're interested in hearing our thoughts on what those teams, the Lions, Vikings, and Bears did to retool their teams heading into 2023. But now we get to turn our attention here a little bit to the Packers' non-divisional opponents for 2023. And we get to kick it off today with a really fun conversation around the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, so when we get to the non-divisional portion of the Packers schedule, we tend well, we we always have gone in order. And so, we didn't pick the Falcons and Saints because they're both in the NFC South, but of course, uh, that's sort of a happy coincidence um, in the way that the Packers schedule worked out, so we'll talk about that. I think these are really interesting conversations to have. One, if you're just interested in what the Packers are going to be facing this year, which we all should be. And number two, just getting a better understanding and grasp of sort of the aggregate of what has happened around the league, which can get lost, right? Because those first couple days of free agency, so many things flying through Twitter and and any updates that you might be getting. And so it's easy to lose track of that. And the draft goes by really fast, too. So it's nice to revisit drafts draft classes as a whole um, as well. And so the Packers do play the Falcons in Atlanta on week two. Uh, That is on September, Sunday, September 17th. That's going to be a noon central time kickoff. And I get to talk about the coaching staff of the Atlanta Falcons. And Arthur Smith does return as the head coach for his third season. Uh, Dave Ragone back as the offensive coordinator. But they do have a new defensive coordinator in town, and that is Ryan Nielsen. So uh, kind of the same. I would say Arthur Smith may be starting to get to the point where he's a, a little bit on the hot seat. And so we will see how this season goes for this Atlanta coaching staff. I love this process because it is so good for me as someone who's seen all these pieces fall into place over the course of the offseason, but you kind of like forget about some of it as you just kind of move on, right? And I had forgotten that the Falcons had a change at defensive coordinator, and that's interesting to me, knowing what we're going to mention here as we work through this, some of the players they brought in. So maybe we do see a little bit of a rebirth for that defense. So uh, interesting, Ryan Nielsen coming over there. Um, As we get into the free agent additions here, they were able to land safety Jesse Bates, a big land, I think, there for coming over from Cincinnati. Uh, defensive lineman David Anyamata. Okay, you're going to have to help me with this one. David Anyamata. There we go. Uh, coming over from the Saints. Defensive lineman Calais Campbell from Baltimore Ravens. Linebacker Caden Ellis. Cornerback uh, Mike Hughes from the Lions. Edge Bud Dupree from Tennessee. Wide receiver Mac Collins from the Raiders. Cornerback Trey Flowers from the Bengals, wide receiver Scotty Miller from the Bucks, and sneaky ad here, cornerback Taylor Heineke coming over from the Commanders. Yeah, so what's interesting about that, and we'll, we'll talk about their depth chart in general in a little bit, but you have Taylor Heineke to be the backup quarterback, right? We don't know what's 
going to happen with Desmond Ritter um, if he's ready, if he's not. So you get an experienced starting quarterback in Taylor Heineke. And you get two wide receivers for depth, Scotty Miller and Mac Collins. Every other free agent acquisition was defense. Mm-hmm. And I was talking with a coworker of mine who is a huge Atlanta Falcons fan. We were kind of talking about how I was going to approach this roster breakdown. And I was like, this defense is super fascinating because they have yeah. a lot of really good players now right like adding on to the room that they had that was kind of weak mm-hmm. but how are they all going to fit together like yeah, you don't usually yeah. see this much influx of talent mm-hmm. at once uh so there, there could be an adjustment period and the packers playing the falcons in week two maybe that is an advantage for them while that defense is still trying to gel uh i talked for a while about kyle's stuff because the resigning is fairly short uh, Caleb McGarry, the tackle, who has been really good for the Falcons, former first-round pick, uh, was re-signed. That's kind of the highlight of this class. Uh, most of the rest of this, you don't need to worry about punter Bradley Pinion, fullback Keith Smith, uh, nobody else of note as far as a re-signing. Yeah, and they actually did have some departures, and we've done this with some other teams, and the departures haven't been as significant. There are some names here I think that at least fans would be uh, familiar with and have been kind of cornerstones there for a while. So cornerback Rashad Fenton, not what I just said. Uh, Guard Elijah Wilkinson, tackle Jermaine Effetti, goes to the Lions. Uh, Tight end Anthony Fersker goes to the Patriots. Quarterback Marcus Mariota makes his way out, lands with the Philadelphia Eagles. I know a lot of Packer fans maybe thought, you know, maybe a reunion with Matt LaFleur was possible. That's not the route they chose to go. Wide receiver Alamade Zacchaeus goes to the Philadelphia Eagles and cornerback Isaiah Oliver to the 49ers. Yeah, I think those last three you mentioned are sneaky good transactions for the teams who got them, right? The Falcons were going to bring back Mariota, but I I love him as a backup to Jalen Hurts. I think that's an awesome move. Uh, Alamede Zacchaeus could be a really good addition for the Eagles offense as like their slot receiver. And Isaiah Oliver is a better corner than people think. Yeah. Uh, And for San Francisco to pick him up, gosh, they just keep adding good players. Stupid 49ers. (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, I get to talk about the draft class. So at eight overall, everybody knows the Falcons took Bijan Robinson, the running back out of Texas. In the second round, they picked up offensive tackle or offensive lineman Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse. In the third, they get Zach Harrison, the edge from Ohio State. In the fourth round, they get a super big draft crush of mine, cornerback Clark Phillips, the third out of Utah. Uh, and then they had two seventh round picks. That is safety DeMarco Hellams out of Alabama and then guard Jovan Gwynn out of South Carolina. Yeah. I feel like this class has a chance to be kind of special for Atlanta. I think we all thought, you know, Bijan is going to be a hit. I don't know that there's a lot of risk there. At least there's not a lot of perceived risk. He should be a cornerstone for them for the next five or six years, or at least that's why they took him at eight overall. But Matthew Bergeron, Zach Harrison are players with high ceilings. Harrison was a top recruit who never quite lived up to his athleticism. He impacted the game, but it didn't always translate to the stat sheet. Um, So to get him where they did, I feel like is interesting as a high upside kind of a developmental player. And then Clark Phillips, like you said, should give them just kind of that stud nickel player. And getting him in the fourth kind of feels like a steal. I know he's a smaller player, but my goodness, like, that feels like absolute value there. They only had four selections. I'm eliminating the seventh-round picks in this equation just as what we really are talking about here. You can question the process behind taking Bijan Robinson at eight if you really want to. But I think they got good football players, and I think that that's what this team needs. And if 
at the end of the day, that's what you're wanting to do in the draft. I think they absolutely hit it out of the park. Yeah, and so now we're going to talk about their depth chart and really how all of these acquisitions and departures round out what the roster looks like. And, of course, you have Desmond Ritter, the second-year quarterback, uh, who is going to be their starter this year, at least uh, on paper with Taylor Heineke as the backup. Their offensive weapon's pretty fun, right? Running back Bijan Robinson uh, with Tyler Algier backing him up, and then Cordero Patterson still on this roster. So a <laughs> uh, pretty good trifecta of running backs there. At wide receiver, Drake London looking to emerge in his second year. Mac Hollins, Mac Hollins the, the free agent acquisition from the Raiders, looks like he'll be their number two. Uh, Scotty Miller in the slot. It does say Scott Miller on this depth chart. Which weird, it weirds me out, man. I don't Expect know. To like the- I can't call him that. The depth at wide receiver is highly questionable. We got Frank Darby, uh, who I believe is a second-year player out of Arkansas. Uh, Somebody that uh, I know had a little bit of draft budge, Kaderil Hodge, and then Penny Hart. So uh, better hope for no injuries there. Tight end Kyle Pitts, I think, is an absolute candidate to explode on the scene as a superstar tight end in year three. And then their offensive line looks really good. Jake Matthews at left tackle. Matthew Bergeron is penciled in at left guard. Drew Dahlman at center. Chris Lindstrom, who is an awesome guard uh, over on the right side. And then Caleb McGarry returning on the right tackle. So I think their starters are really good. Depth, kind of questionable. Matt Hennessy and Jalen Mayfield are kind of the notable backups. Uh, so any any thoughts on this offense overall? No, I'm just distracted by Frank Darby because I kind of liked him as a sleeper. When he came out, but in my head he played for Florida State. But like, I, I, I don't I'll know. I'll produce if I the show yeah, behind yeah. the scenes while the you're, you're talking. Producer, pull that up really quick. But yeah, let's talk about the defense really quick. Uh, we've talked about uh, Clayus Campbell and David um, Anyamata being there as as your guys in the middle. Grady Jarrett, of course, has been there. A good player. What's really intriguing to me is the edge group here. I like Bud Dupree. They've got Zach Harrison that they just drafted. We talked about uh, Lorenzo Carter and Arnold uh, Abichetti from last year. I just feel like that this is a really – they may not be awesome, but I feel like there's a lot of promise here to become a really good group, and that's what this team needs. They need some upside. Uh, at corner, they've got A.J. Terrell. Uh, they also have Jeff Akuda coming over from Detroit. Like That's a big deal. At safety – uh, Richie Grant, and then we mentioned Jesse Bates, who's a stud. So uh, Mike Hughes, too, coming over from, I don't know if he came straight from the Vikings, but he, we know he started there. So a really interesting group of players that kind of some of these guys are on their second time around. Some of them are really good. Some of them are high upside players. We talked about the new addition of a defensive coordinator. This could be a group that maybe we look back on and is better than we kind of anticipate coming into this year. Yeah, Frank Darby went to Arizona State and Arizona was drafted State. in 2021. So I was wrong on both accounts. Uh, don't know uh, how we both whiffed on that one. That's embarrassing for the <laughs> two draft guys, that's, right? That's our, we're off on our brand tonight. That's not very yeah, we good. talked a little bit about this remade defense. And and I do think, you know, getting Grady Jarrett some help for the first time in a long time uh, across the defensive line is really, really valuable. I have heard some people who I trust dearly with football opinion say that Arnold Abichetti could be a potential breakout candidate. Yeah, I love him. And, 
Yeah, he, he's a flashy edge rusher. And so with a year of development, uh, kind of quiet there, Zach Harrison sort of stashed in an edge room. Uh, you know, Bud Dupree is really impactful when he's healthy, which maybe isn't very often, but given the rotation and depth that they have, uh, could be good. I like the depth in their secondary. They're, they're a, a interesting team. And if things gel quickly, this could be a really good defense. And with the, the weapons they have on offense, you're really just asking Desmond Ritter, like, don't screw up. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think he's capable of that. And maybe yeah. he's capable of a little bit more as well. Uh, so that is, I, I guess we were going to transition to our overall impression of the roster. That's sort of where I'm at. But why don't you share with us uh, what you think of the Falcons? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Yeah, I think the Ritter thing is really interesting. And I think coming out of Cincinnati, like that was kind of the conversation for him is like high, you know, character, locker room guy, leader. And maybe, maybe the Falcons have put enough around him uh, to to see that come together. They're going to be an interesting study this year because outside of that quarterback position, it's it's a good offensive roster. They want to run the ball. Bijan is Bijan. Bijan is going to be he's going to be a beast. Uh, they've got London. They've got Pitts. The defense has some holes, but Grady Jarrett, Calais Campbell, Jesse Bates, these guys are not scrubs. These are good players. So this could be an improved unit this year, like we've said. The Packers do face the Falcons in week two. 
And I'm I'm just not sure all the necessary things are going to be gelling for Atlanta by week two, kind of like we said. But I think Green Bay's defense could have a really good opportunity to give Ritter some fits and give the Packers a good chance to win this one just because of when they play them so early in this process for Atlanta. Um, I'll say it's kind of nice that Jordan Love does get the matchups that he does early on in the season. He starts off with the Bears. He gets the Falcons in week two. So you could do much worse for a young quarterback than what he has to face those first two weeks. Yeah, and I think, you know, the Falcons are kind of an interesting team in the fact that they're in a relatively similar situation to Green Bay and mm-hmm. that they have a lot of really talented skill position players, a good mm-hmm. offensive line, an unproven quarterback, yeah. and then, uh, you know, a defense that has a lot of fun parts, but how do they play collectively mm-hmm. yeah. together? It's just that the Falcons probably, um, you know, they're in a transition year on defense, whereas the Packers have... A, you know, several years of experience with their defense mm-hmm. and Ritter is a year behind love developmentally. So um, really, really interesting. I think this matchup could be a very, very good one in week two, but then we transition into the Packers week three opponent, which is the new Orleans saints. They do play at Lambeau field on Sunday, September 24th, again, a noon kickoff. So two in a row for the Packers. Uh, the Saints coaching staff looks pretty much the same. You got head coach Dennis Allen, offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael, and defensive coordinator Joe Woods. Yeah, the free agency addition here for the Saints, the list is interesting. It's Derek Carr, a quarterback, of course, comes over from the Raiders. Defensive lineman Nathan Shepard from the Jets. Defensive lineman Colin Saunders from the Chiefs. Tight end Foster Moreau and a really, really cool story is joining this team. Running back Jamal Williams from the Lions. Tight end Jesse James from Cleveland. Safety Jonathan Abram from Seattle. Wide receiver Brian Edwards from the Chiefs. Yeah, um, this is an interesting group of free agents. If for no other reason than the Saints somehow continue to manipulate the salary cap and push more and yeah. more money into the future, like at this point, they're just like they're not just paying off credit cards with credit cards. They're mm. they're paying off their credit card debt from 2016 with credit cards today. Like it, it's it's going to it's be catastrophic crazy. someday. But uh, for now, they're they're staying in the hunt. Um, re-signings, again, this is a very short list. Quarterback Isaac Yadam, who I mentioned because, you know, he had a cup of coffee with the Packers. Uh, linebacker Ty Summers, former Packer. Yeah. And uh, defensive lineman Malcolm Roach, probably the most notable of the players that they're bringing back. Okay, so the free agency losses. We got a, a, a repeat name here. Uh, they lose David Animata, who went over to the Falcons, who we just mentioned. Linebacker Caden Ellis, again, a repeat name there. Wide receiver Deontay Hardy to the Buffalo Bills. Defensive lineman Shai Tuttle to the Panthers. Quarterback Andy Dalton is out, and he's with the Panthers now. Wide receiver Marquez Calloway with the Broncos. And edge Marcus Davenport, some connections with the Packers there, ends up with the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC North. Yeah, Edge Marcus Davenport, who follows me on Twitter. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think his mom follows me on Twitter, too. So uh, that's what you get for being in love with a prospect before, like, the national media knows about him, you know? There you go. And Brian trades away and takes a, you know, all-pro corner. So it all works out. 
<laughs> Some interesting notes there. And of course, uh, as speaking of losses, the, the Saints traded away former head coach Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. So even though he didn't coach last year, they still end up managing a first round pick pick uh, for him, which is good. Uh, that pick went from Denver to Miami to San Francisco. That might be the wrong order, but it yeah. all of those teams had control of the pick at some point. Yep. So the, the Saints did pick 29th overall. They take defensive lineman Brian Brzee from Clemson. In the second round, they go with Edge Isaiah Foskey out of Notre Dame. And then in the third round, they take running back Kendry Miller from TCU. They had two fourth-round picks. They get Nick Saldaveri, the offensive tackle from Old Dominion, and quarterback Jake Hayner from Fresno State. In the fifth, they take safety Jordan Howden from Minnesota. And in the sixth-round pick, wide receiver A.T. Perry from Wake Forest. I get some mixed emotions for this class. I love what they did late. I mostly just... I mostly just don't love the Brian Brzee pick. And I think that's maybe the injury history. And to me, I know that people disagree with this, but I feel like he feels like a low ceiling player. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but I love the rest of this. Like Nick uh, Sal- Saldaveri, I <laughs> was convinced that he was going to be a Packers pick late day two, early day three. I just felt like he was going to be that next offensive lineman they take. He's a team captain, vocal leader athletic mover has experience along the offensive line versatile player primarily played a tackle could bump inside better pass blocker than run blocker but could grow into it just it it's the script for what the Packers take and I was honestly shocked that he was not taken uh, by the Packers but I uh, love that player uh, Kendra Miller was one of my favorite players in the entire class just a really fun player to watch um, I'm excited about his future there in New Orleans as well so I love what they did later I just thought the Brian Brzee pick uh, could, they could have gone a different direction with that one. Yeah, and for me, I really liked Isaiah Foskey. I, I thought he yeah. was a player that is going to have a chance. He had a lot of first-round buzz early mm-hmm. in the college season. I think people just got kind of got sick of him. Mm-hmm. He's been nothing but productive. He is a really good athlete as well. Um, so the knocks on him were kind of weird. And mm-hmm. so I think you know he has the the potential to be a really, really good rotational player early uh, with, with the potential to develop yeah. um, if he can start to defend the run a little bit better into a really, really good edge player later on. And crazy productive on special teams. So he was another player that I really thought maybe we get in Green Bay because of what he could be as that like third, fourth edge rusher, but also like blocked a ton of punts in college. So someone I thought maybe Rich Bisaccia would be pulling for, but that wasn't the case. But really good draft class here. Yeah, and so obviously, you know, the big change on this offense is Derek Carr under center. So that'll be interesting. Jameis Winston did return as the backup quarterback there with Jake Hayner penciled in as the third. Uh, Running back Alvin Kamara, we'll see how uh, durable he can be this year. But Jamal Williams backing him up, that is a really nice free agent move for them. And then Kendra Miller, a little bit further down the depth chart. At wide receiver, we do have Michael Thomas. Hopefully returning finally for the Saints <laughs> uh, with young emerging superstar Chris Olave next to him. Uh, the depth at wide receiver is pretty good. Brian Edwards, you know, we'll see what A.T. Perry ends up being. Traquan Smith, of course, we know can be a contributor. Right now, weirdly, they have Rashid Shahid as the starting slot wide receiver. We'll see. He shouldn't be wearing number 22 as a wide receiver. That is weird. Yikes. I don't like it. Uh, and then <laughs> at tight end, they have Juwan Johnson, who really kind of stepped up into 
uh, going from like a guy who is a really good athlete trying to play football into a pretty good football player last year. Foster Moreau, you talked about rooting for him, but also like just a really good tight end uh, coming over from Vegas. Taysom Hill is still around. Jesse James is their fourth tight end. Like this is a team with good depth there across the offensive line. Trevor Penning had a little bit of a rough rookie year, but um, you know, looking to bounce back as the left tackle. The rest of that offensive line, very good. Andrus Pete, Eric McCoy, Cesar Ruiz, Ryan Ramchek. Uh, depth, you know, it's kind of where it is with a lot of teams across the NFL. Some okay players uh, backing up the offensive line. James Hurst at tackle. Nick Saldaveri, you mentioned, uh, could be a promising young guy there. Uh, Kelvin Throckmorton. I just really wanted to say his name. <laughs> I was like, where's he going with this? Okay, so, uh, yeah, the defense, really interesting as well. I'm just like, there's a ton of names on here that are super, I feel like there's stories connected to a lot of these guys, and it's really fun. But uh, before we get there, like Cameron Jordan, defensive end, Nathan Shepard, a defensive tackle. You've got Colin Saunders at the other spot. And then, so the depth here at defensive end is super interesting to me because they've got Carl Granderson listed as the one the starter and then they took Foskey who we talked about but Peyton Turner they just drafted like high like was he a first, first rounder round, first round pick right so yep. he's listed as the third guy in that pecking order there I mean that's just kind of wild to me like whatever uh the this is like a old throwback where you've got three starters in a 4-3 defense at linebacker so we've got Pete Werner we've got Demario Davis and we've got Zach Vaughn a really interesting combo. They run a 4-3, right? I'm not crazy. Yeah, typically. Yeah, typically. And then we've got Ty Summers. That's your depth. At, at, so we see the Packer connection there. And then we've got our draft crush from a couple of years ago. This is Paulson Adebo. Uh, so he's the starter there at corner. So exciting to see him have some success, or at least that they're hoping that he becomes that guy there as a starter. I always forget Tyron Matthew is on this team. I don't know why, but he's there. Marcus May is your other safety and Marshawn Lattimore holding down the other corner spot with uh, Bradley Roby in the slot. So a really interesting starting lineup for this defense and a really good team. Like, I mean, like, there's holes. Obviously, every team has them, but, like, this is a really solid starting defense. Yeah, it's it's interesting because it's like, well, there's enough talent on this defense that you should have some reasonably high expectations, right? We know what Cameron Jordan is. I think, you know, the rest of the defensive line kind of eh, but if you can get rotational contributions from Brian Brzee and Isaiah Foskey, um, you know, then you start to look better on third downs. Their linebacking core, again, kind of okay. I think Pete Werner is, is, uh, has a lot of upside there. Demario Davis, we know, is one of the better linebackers in the mm-hmm. league. And then, you know, the the secondary, Matthew and Marcus May should be a really good corner or a really good safety duo, excuse me. And then Marshawn Lattimore, we know what he is as cornerback, Paulson Adebo developing. Uh, you know, and Bradley Roby is a nice, nice addition there as the as the uh slot. So um really interesting. So overall, what what do you think about this roster? Yeah, I like this roster. I'm really curious to see where this team goes this year because Derek Carr kind of feels like the ultimate mediocrity quarterback signing. But the rest of this roster is either ready or feels primed to maybe take that step forward. We mentioned like Paulson Nadebo, like these guys who could be maybe better than they're even perceived to be at this point. Like they're ready for that next step. I don't think they're going to be a juggernaut in 2023, but I do think that they could and should maybe be the favorites 
in the NFC South. Uh, Kamara is probably suspended, but I think that they can lean pretty heavily on Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller uh, to, to kind of carry the offense where they may not get a lot of production otherwise. I think a lot might rest on Chris Olave taking a big step forward, and then who else can be that consistent receiving threat for them? Is it a tight end? Is it another wide receiver? Um, they took Perry in, you know, in the later parts of this draft. So who steps up there? But I like this New Orleans team more than I kind of expected to um, after going through this exercise. So uh, having home field in week three, I think is going to help the Packers. But on paper, I'd really expect this to be a really close game and a really tough game. Yeah, in a weird way, the Saints team kind of reminds me of last year's Vikings team. Mm. You, you know what you have at quarterback, right? Like yeah, a solid yeah. play, but he's going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. It, he's he's kind of the definition of like, okay, right? right. Like they, Derek Carr is always going to be between a you know top 10 and top 20 quarterback. And where you get in that range kind of mm-hmm. determines where you go. But Really good skill positions. I think this is an offensive line that can be very, very good. And and as a result, the offense can be really good, uh, you know, despite Carr or, you know, with yeah. his help, however you want to look at it. And on defense, I think they have enough really good players to make up for the mediocre, mediocrity at some of the other positions mm-hmm. on defense. And so this can be a defense that can sustain that. And we know the Vikings won 13 games last year. I don't think the Saints are going to. And I don't think the Vikings should have last year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so yeah. <laughs> many things fell their way that was yeah. just it, it became laughable by the end of the season. But I do think this Saints team, just as you said, should probably be the favorite in the South and is is a as a result looks like a playoff team, at yeah. least in what the NFC is right now. So um, this is a really interesting look at the Falcons and the Saints. And thank you so much for, for sticking with us through that. But that is all the time that we have for today's Ben Back Day podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Punnett. You can find Maggie at Maggie J. Loney and also on Packs What She Said. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and consider giving us a five-star rating. You can catch Kyle, Maggie, and myself back next Friday and every Friday. And we will be continuing on with our breakdown of the Packers' opponents for this upcoming season. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember... time inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply